Light me up, don't you stop Cause tonight, it's on the line Show me how, you get on down Close my eyes, take me for a ride Hello everyone and welcome back to the Parish Foundation podcast. This is episode four. I'm joined by Ian. Hello everyone. And I'm joined by Tom, who is this week replacing Gary. Tom, how are we? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good to be replacing the weakest member. Well, it's a bit harsh. <laughs> Gary, uh, Ouch. I know Gary will be listening to this. Gary, I think you'll need to fire back next week. Um, Ian, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Good day, uh, good day of doing nothing really, just resting and I've been hammering the one-to-ones this week, so uh, just uh, enjoying my day off. Uh, lots of high-quality sessions you've had on, and then particularly lots of very quality players. But it's good to get a rest because you know it can be quite physically demanding on yep. the coaches having to work such long hours. And um, obviously, but we'll we'll fire right into it then. Uh, Tom, since you are the the you're making your debut on the podcast, um, your first appearance, I'll let you start. You've been at the foundation for three years now, is that correct? Yeah, three years where. So I started volunteering at the camps three years ago, but I've been with the 2010s as an assistant and now taking the 2010 whites for about 16 to 18 months, I would say. Good amount of time. What are some of the key things you'd say you've learned in the foundation, like in your time here? Yeah, so I think the importance of opinions. So everyone wants something different they they might link in a way but they all want their exact thoughts so i would say like a player wants to turn up and do a little games tournament so like a 2v2 tournament all night and then play a half an hour match whereas a parent probably wants their kid to be playing up front and scoring a hat trick a game oh. or to be and then if i think about what gary might want like he might want the most skillful players that are always beating players. So it's about trying to about trying to find that mix, I would say. Okay. Uh, would you say that you've earned a bit more respect for coaches overall? Because obviously when you're playing, you can think, okay, you don't really know the thought that goes into it. Whereas when you are a coach, you've got so many different aspects to try and consider to put on a session. Do you know, I would, I would say, yeah. But I've started to, when I was playing football, it was all about me. It's all about me and my teammates. I never thought for one second about other coaches with us now. I'll probably not not to them, but I'll think about what they've done wrong to try and help myself. I would say, oh. obviously, I'm lucky to be coaching with with good coaches and stuff, and I'm good. I'm fortunate to be playing with good coaches as well. But if I look back, then I'd probably think of a few flaws and try and not bring them in myself. But I wasn't. I think players right now are worried a lot about what their coach is doing. They're always looking for someone to blame. Yeah. But when I was growing up, it was sort of just always about about what I could do. Okay. Um, Ian, you've been at the foundation for a long, long time. Uh, can you remember yep. how much it is? How much? How long you've been there? Uh, probably been and gone. Remember, so but I'm back now. Um, I'm going to say about ten years. Aye, so you've been overall. Uh, at the foundation for about a decade, uh, yeah. which is a fair bit longer, but a lot longer than me, and a fair bit longer than Tom. What are some things you feel you've learned at your time here? The biggest thing I've learned is about uh, myself. Um, I think 
going by what Tom was saying, uh, you can take things for loads of other coaches and learn from other coaches. But the the main thing for me is that you've you've got to be yourself. Yeah. And you've you've got to put your stamp on the session and your stamp on your team. Uh, and I think uh, if you do that, it becomes more enjoyable as well because it's it's uh, it's easy to just copy someone. Um, but if you don't think it's the right things, then you know I don't think you're being true to yourself. So just being yourselves, the biggest thing I've learned throughout the years, just you know, do what you believe in, and uh, you know if it's if it's good and the kids are buying into it, then it's obviously working. I'd also argue to agree with your point that if you are just trying to be someone else or maybe coach a style that you're not comfortable with, it's not going to have any the same impact on the kids because. Mm-hmm. you're not confident in what you're doing, you're maybe going to make more mistakes and the kids will probably be able to tell, okay, this coach is something's not quite right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the older the the older the, the player you work with, they can see, you know, you know, they can see right through you if you're if you're ah. not being yourself and you're trying to put on you know, if you're trying to win sessions and you're trying to uh do things that you know, you're just doing it because You've seen someone doing it and you thought, oh, I'll just copy that and you know, it might not work. No. Uh it's gotta be it's gotta be you at the end of the day. I totally agree on that. I think I'm always seeing on Facebook and stuff like these Guardiola like yeah. passing drills and stuff, but you're not playing against Liverpool at the weekend. Mm. You're playing against Bayside like Crossgates, like and you're not Man City. You're like coaching eleven year olds, so like obviously you can try and link it, but you don't want to be, yeah. You, you it's not really comparable in terms of just using the exact same drills. Yeah, because you can't really dem- you can't you well, you can't demand the same standards. No, exactly. You've got and you've got a lot more patience than he'll be able to have. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that coaches forget as well that they forget, you know, the standard that they're actually working at. At the end of the day, these are, you know, we're working with kids. Yeah, we're not fighting uh, for a job like this. No, we're not. They can go six the... months. That's right. Like performing, then that's them gone. So that's right. Your your job as coaches is to make it a fun and enjoyable environment. Yeah, yeah. Well, whilst also making the standards better. Yeah, like we're not <laughs> definitely we're not coming in here to say okay, we want a team of like players that are the finished article that will never make any mistakes and we'll do everything we ask them like perfectly every time. If you want the players that are coming in. You can see yeah, well, if, that, if that's the case, just take away the coaches, you know. Aye. There's, well, no, there's no finished article, in my opinion, there's no finished article at all. No. There's no. always room for improvement. Aye, and we've come, our job is to try and make the kids lo- fall in love with football, enjoy the game, but also try and help them towards achieving their potential. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, which I feel, speaking personally, uh, I've obviously only been at the foundation for a relatively short amount of time. What I'm already learning is... Um, how much can actually go into a session? Like, it may seem really basic on the outside, but there could be so much coaching points and stuff to be done by drill that can totally really help improve the kids. Whereas yeah. beforehand, I would have probably thought, okay, you know, oh, the best sessions in the world will have cones scattered everywhere. Yeah. It'll be really complex, like high intensity, like, you know, mind boggling stuff. Whereas in reality, it can be very, fairly simple stuff, either something like a rondo. You can mm-hmm. do, and you can get very good coaching points out of it. Yeah, and improve the players a lot, which is good. Ian, I'll come to you for this one since we went to Tom last okay. time. 
Uh, how important do you feel a scoreline is at youth level? Scorelines, um, there's a lot, obviously, there's a lot of debate about this. Um, Scorelines, to me, are important, but they're not the most important thing. No. I think that there has to be an intention to win the game. Yeah, or else why? Um, I, I wouldn't understand a player that steps onto a pitch with the intention not to win the game. Um, but it has to be done in the right way. And I think there's too many there's too many guys out there that are just doing whatever they can to win the game. Yeah. Uh, but it's going back to what I was saying. It's about being yourself um, and doing things that you believe are right yeah. uh, for player development. And uh, if that means that the scoreline doesn't go, you know, your way on the day, then sorry, um, you're there to develop the kids. It's not about the result. Yeah. Um, although the result is important, it's not the most important thing. Yeah. So I think this, the most yeah. important thing is player development. Aye, the outcome obviously, the outcome of anything has a slight importance, right? Because kids, it'll make them enjoy the game more and they'll probably be more confident that they're doing the right stuff if they do win. Yeah. However, the outcome does not beat the process for me. I agree with that. I think. Sorry, on you go, Josh. Yeah. If I was coaching someone and let's say they're maybe, maybe even I was doing stuff like a simple drill and I wanted them to hit 10 targets in a row. If they only hit eight, but the process was right for the two they missed. The technique was right; they just missed the target a bit. I'd be more yeah. than happy with them, and I'd encourage. You could them live to with that, yeah. Thing. Yeah, whereas it's the same way. It's the same way losing a game. It's aye, exactly. If the if the if the intentions are to go and win, and you've done all the things that you'd worked on in training, and you worked extremely hard, but unfortunately you didn't get the result, then that's fine. Aye. That's right. absolutely fine. Aye. Aye. I'd be a lot happier with that happening than, okay, we won the game, but we disregarded everything and we just ended up lumping it long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it does happen, to be fair, though. It just depends uh, on the match. Aye. Uh, Tom, what would you say on that? Would you agree or disagree with your statement there? Well, there is obviously parts I'll, I'll agree with. I would say he said that scoreline that does mean something to him. I, I'd agree to that. Well, I'd agree with that to a degree where that it will impact me, like it'll impact what I say to the players. Oh. Obviously, as they get older, like if I'm coaching like seven year olds, I'm not going to be like having a go at them because they've got beat. No. But if I'm at, if I'm with an older age group, then if if they're squandering chances constantly, then then it'll be brung up. But I won't let it, I won't let it ruin my weekend. For example, like I'm not. I, I want the players to do the best, but I'm not like I'm not an East End boys supporter. Like I'm, I'm, I'm the coach. Aye. I want them. I, I'm about development. I'm not like there's. We're not playing in leagues or that. So I've got. I've not really got much to. No. Uh, you, much to worry about. Would you agree also that I think games you lose, you can learn more from because you see more that you need to work on. Whereas if you go out and you win a game. You know, twenty nil or whatever. If you go, you do everything perfectly. You don't really learn anything from it. Whereas if you go and you lose a game, it's a really tough battle. You can maybe say, okay, maybe we we didn't pass the ball very well. The players need to try and work on their passing from now on. Yeah, one. one I quite like the I quite like the saying: "You never lose, you learn." That's a good one. Um, Stick that I in the t-shirt. I think that's if you've got a mindset like that, then you know I think you're on a good one. 
I I might make that Instagram bio Ian. That's brilliant. Um, <laughs> Copyright. I I'll give you credit for it. I'll put Ian Felt two K twenty one. So Tom, back to you for this one. It's like a, a tennis match here. Tom to Ian to Tom to Ian. Um, I would win. Football <laughs> tennis, if it was football tennis, I would win. Um, no, no. You guys haven't met Fernie Murray yet. Not Daniel, thank. <laughs> Velcro, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Tom, what would you say some of your favourite qualities in a player to coach are? Like, if you were to think, okay, a player comes in and you think, yes, I love coaching this player because of his qualities, what qualities would they be? Well, not not in like a cocky way, but like someone that would be similar to my sort of personality. Someone that obviously you can make a connection with. Aye. So like, if, like, if you can get any sort of like if you know that they have a dog then that can help make a connection but probably so a player that's not that's not perfect like yeah. someone I can work towards something with so someone that's well about them being coachable as in that they'll take on information that they've got like a hunger to learn yeah but mainly about their sort of personality and stuff I would say so like you want a player that'll that'll like have a little go at their teammates in a obviously a respectful way and also, we'll have a chat with the coach, and they they don't see you as like this, like older guy that's gonna make that's gonna like ruin your weekend if you lose if you lose on Saturday. He's like you want a player that that sees you as not not a friend, but where they they know they can get on with you. You can speak to them about stuff. I think that's important. But you're also looking for a player that will get you off your seat. So, like if you're at a game and you're one 0 down and you need that player that'll sort of get the fans going a bit, then that's the sort of players I like. Yeah, need get the East End boys loyals going, <laughs> get get the noise up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean, Tom. So, what you'd say is you want someone who's willing to take information, someone with a bit of character, and someone who's not afraid to take a risk. Yeah, one hundred percent, and not perfect. Ah, uh, not perfect. Don't think anyone ever can be. And no. no, maybe except myself, but well, that is not true. Okay, I'm, only, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Those are three very good qualities, Tom. Uh, Ian, what are some qualities you'd like that haven't been mentioned by Tom? Oh, haven't been mentioned. I was going to say the word that he used, coachable. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, for me, I love a player that works hard. Yeah. Uh, I mean. To make up a team, you need all different types of players, Josh. So, uh, I like athletic players. I like small technicians. I like a whole range of players. Um, But if I was to pick a favourite, it would probably be the smaller technical players. Um, I really enjoy working with the types of players in the one-to-ones as well. Uh, I think they're probably the best to watch. Uh, If you look at, over the years, like Messi and... Uh, the top top players, Iniesta's, Javi's, David Silva. They're all, yeah, they're all what under. I don't know. They're not, you know, Smaller six foot odd. They're not all six foot odd players, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've learned to so, play. Yeah, I think. I think. Uh, I think they would be my my favorite type of player, but uh, aye, I think a team, a team is made up of all different types of players. So I respect everyone. Yeah, uh, I totally agree on. That, I also agree with Tom's point in players that aren't afraid to take a risk. Like if, I've, if you're coaching a player and they'll see something that they think's on and they try it and maybe it doesn't come off and they don't get 
you're downhearted by it. They go, okay, that didn't work. I'm going to try and pull, pull mm-hmm. on something else, brilliant. I uh, think a player like as well that's a bit of a, a bit of a leader. Like, yeah, on a on a Saturday, I will try and say as little as I can, and that usually means that something's going well if I don't need to mm-hmm. shout from the sidelines and they're doing something right. And I think if you've got a player on the pitch that'll try and help their teammates by, you know, like the teammates probably getting spoken to, saying he's just shouting at me, but. They are they are trying to help them, mm. and even just a player that takes a, I agree with that entirely. A player that takes a game by the scruff of the neck and goes, "Okay, I'm mm. gonna make a difference this game." I'm not. If if the team's not playing well, they'll maybe make a long burst and run with the ball, or they'll drag the team up the park, or they'll make a brilliant tackle, or they'll do something to get that moment of quality and just decide, "Okay, no, I'm not gonna accept this. I'm gonna drag my team up a bit." Yeah. Players like that, I love to coach because they've got that. They take responsibility. So, I think other, another thing for me well, is as well is I like a player that does something that's just completely off the cuff. Yeah. Aye. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, for example, we're kind of stigmatised at times for Scotland being like quite robotic with what's coming through. It's the same type of player. Um, left back. And I think, you know, you know, a classic example of how we are trying to change that is the creative player programme that we've got. Yeah, we definitely. encourage players to, you know, be inventive and and show show what they can do. Go and you know, the world's your oyster. Go and go and play and go and show exactly what you can do. And and as much as we can guide them and and give them all the coaching points, it's it's ultimately up to them to go and express themselves and go and play. I think that- just to add on to that, you can't have you can't have eleven. Like obviously you want players that are risk takers, but you can't have eleven boys that just want to dribble. No, mm-hmm. like a player that you don't notice as much is usually the one that helps the team because they're the ones that give the player that give the ball to the creative players, and they they know they know what they need to do to help to help support everybody. Uh, they can't all be De Bruyne's. You need a few Cantes in there. Exactly. Well said. Uh, that's another one for Ian's Instagram bio this time. <laughs> you can't all be the Bruins. You've got to have a canteen. I like that. Aye, I've got a reverse the situation. So, Ian, I believe it's your turn for the final segment. Uh, Favorite pizza place, and what do you get from there? Uh, I'm to be Confused. honest with you, I'm I'm quite I'm quite easy when it comes to pizza. I'm not like that picky. Uh, Aye. I'll happily eat a, a Domino's, but then I'll happily eat a pizza from Asda. Oh. It doesn't really bother me. Um, <laughs> if you were asking, like, favourite toppings and that, I certainly wouldn't go with your Hawaiian uh, choice of uh, pizza topping, but... There's a lot of um, Yeah, you're the odd one out here. Yeah, I know, I've heard Tom Definitely likes it as well. There's a lot of talk about risk takers, it doesn't even like... Well, it is a risk. <laughs> putting, pineapple, putting pineapple on a pizza is a complete risk. Yeah, no, Ian... Ian, you don't like it. Me and Tom do, so you've just been ratioed. I'm afraid. Oh, well, I won. Listen, I won the bi- the biscuit competition. Tom, what's your favourite pizza? Well, I'm not just saying this because my mum's staring at me right now while, while I'm recording <laughs> this, but my mum uh, in the last lockdown bought herself a pizza oven, and uh, yeah, and they've been pretty top notch. But if I was to go out and buy one, I wouldn't go to Domino's, but that's always been my favourite pizza. Because obviously it's very expensive, but I think I don't think it's worth the price, but it's pretty close to it. They are they are very good. That's Tom trying to earn some extra pocket money there. And Hawaiian is my favourite one as well. 
pocket money. 18 years old. Man. <laughs> Ch- child at heart, Tom. <laughs> no, I, I do also love a Hawaiian. It may be controversial. The viewers may have something to say about it. But I think a Hawaiian is brilliant. Pineapple definitely does belong in a pizza. Um, when mixed with a ham, it's just fantastic. I'm not sure about adding mushrooms into it. I like no, mushrooms, but not. I like mushrooms, but it doesn't go with the ham and the pineapple. But yeah, I think you, ham do you have the ham with that? What with the Hawaiian? Yeah, because I yeah I don't really I'm not bothered about the ham. I oh, don't really think that brings much. <laughs> just a pineapple pizza. <laughs> nah, I wouldn't. I'm not. I'm not meaning that, but I don't. Need... I don't really notice the ham while I'm eating that. You need the ham because the the saltiness of the ham and the zestiness of the saltiness. pineapple combine. Ah, you get a bit of salty ham. Mm. Mate, you're a, you you've just played your Domino's extraordinary. You don't know about the salty ham. It's clear because yeah, I, I I can't go there. It's too much. Uh, and I'm, that's an why I ask you for the well. extra pocket I'm an man. athlete. You've got too much money going to Domino's. Uh, well, it's a treat, Ian. It's a treat. It is a treat. Once every when you're paying twenty something pound for a pizza, it is a treat. Yeah, I don't pay for that. If you get a collection, it's only a tenner. Oh, okay. What about you? Uh, right, it comes so through I the think... letterbox. A little guy always brings one along around around once a month. <laughs> and if I can catch that voucher before it goes in the bin, then that's what's that's what we're getting for tea. You're you're like Harry Potter when all the letters are flying through with the owls. <laughs> you're just trying to reach one. Right. So I think um, on that note, I think that's all we've got time for the day. Uh, Ian, thanks for coming on. Thanks again. Really enjoying it. Cheers. Uh, Tom, thank you for coming in as a last minute replacement for Gary. Oh, I believe oh. this was announced last Sunday. Uh, well, there's been some complication, but well, thank you for coming on. Uh, it's been hopefully. a pleasure. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, hopefully not your last podcast appearance. No, I'll be starting up a rival one. <laughs> uh, call it the other Pause Foundation. I don't know what it'll be getting called, but I keep that to yourself. Keep that to yourself for not giving you any free promotion. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you for, for listening. Uh, have a good week, and we'll see you next Sunday.